Okay, I'm ready. You guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. Hey, I'm Andrew. This is the Bearded Friend Podcast, and thanks for joining me on this episode. In this week's episode, I speak to Clinton Pinnock. We talk about motorcycles, motorcycle training, the Isle of Man, his racing career, and of course, Superbike Magazine. So, welcome to episode number 17 of the Bearded Fin podcast. Thanks for joining me this week. This week I bring you Clinton Pinot. Clinton Pinot is the editor and owner of Superbike magazine. And I've been wanting to sit down with Clinton for a while and he had a gap, so we made a plan. Of course, we wanted to get together and talk about bikes, but we started talking about tattoos first. So, here is this week's episode. I hope you enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Go one or two. Okay, but not many. Not many. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, the thing, you know, with tattoos is you've got to make a choice between the tattoo and paying school fees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at the moment, the, the I was going fees to, when are I, the private. When I did the Alamein, yes. uh, I was going to do the Alamein, all the, the three feet. Yeah. And I walked into a tattoo parlor and I, it just didn't look, it wasn't right. Did, and the, yeah. the, 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 I don't know. Like yeah. I'd, I'd made just my mind, I you. was going to do it. And when I sat there for a while, I just like... No. And again, it's what we, it cost money and yeah, I could yeah, rather yeah. spend money Look on the tires. Yeah, so my son, Daniel, has yeah. got like a whole bunch of roses. Yeah. On the inside and his grand was into roses and she's passed away. Yeah. So it's like a bit of sentiment. But it's yeah. like done properly with yeah. shadows. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, I mean, it's an art form and it's nice to have and I'll get some more. How's yeah, that? Cool. <laughs> How often do you ride? Look, I, look I, I don't ride as often as I would like to because, you know, it's always kids and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But... So, um, I don't know if you know Joe and Joe Fleming and um, Alan Chen. Uh, I didn't know Chen- Joe. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Bonafide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I've hooked in with those guys. Okay. Yeah, I think I first met you, I was a member of BMW Central. Yeah. And I think you were there the one night, and I think I met you there that night, but I'm going back to like In Rivonia somewhere. Yeah, there, yeah. Morningside. Morningside, yeah, Morningside yeah. Country Club, or the whatever the country club is, yeah. And then, so I was involved with the BMW guys, like Wymouth and those guys. Yeah, he's still, but I don't think he's part of Central. He's no, no, no. He started West Rand. West, no, and no, then no. I was on the committee with him on West Rand. Okay. So I resigned from the committee about a year ago. Okay. Um, so I was riding with those guys. Those are the guys that I was riding with. And then, you know, of course, you always got some mates that you, Sunday, you just go out in the Harleys, yeah. that kind of thing. You know? So... And what bike do you have now? So I've got the 1200GS, yeah. and I've got the R80 Stroke 7, which is a 78 model. And then okay. I've also got a Royal Enfield, which is a 2006 okay, bullet, so a new, a new bullet one. electric. Yeah, but that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, before the EF5, before the fuel injection one. Yeah. So I actually bought that one for my kids to learn to ride on, my girls. Okay. So, yeah. So that's, that's a bit of a selfish bike. I'm sure there's more for you than for your girls. Hey, it's, it's a cool looking bike, but uh, <laughs> of course, hey, I bought, yeah, I honey, bought it yeah. for myself. But yeah. it's a nice bike for them to ride it. I justified it by saying, "Oh, this would be." I but did. a friend of mine, a friend of mine had it. He bought it new, <laughs> and he had it down in Kimberley. And he's moved back up to Joburg, and he left it in Kimberley at someone's house. It's just been standing there, 
And I keep on saying to him, when are you going to bring your bike up so we can go for a ride? And he's like, oh, he's got into running now. He doesn't really want to. Uh, he doesn't. He's not too sure. Maybe he must sell it and whatever. So I said, well, when you want to sell it, then give me, you know, give me an option cool, on yeah. it. So then about 10 minutes later, he said, uh, how about, uh, and he gave me a number. And I said, ah, I'll buy it for that. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. I uh, did that Himalaya trip on a real oh, Enfield. I'd love to do that. To India, so I'd love a, to do that. And I love the, I would own yeah. a little real Enfield in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a Look, different I mean, way they, of riding. It's, it's, it's so easy mm. to ride. It's like, I mean, like when, when I got that bike from Kimberley, um, I got it trailered up or whatever. What condition was it? It's brand, It's like practically brand new, but it's been standing outside. So all the rubbers are starting to thing. And, yeah, yeah. and the, there was a, the, um, the guys, the guys broke the carb. The guys that serviced it broke the carb. And they, they brazed it back together and everything. But when they did that, they, they, they damaged the diaphragm. Yeah, so this guy was saying to me, yeah. yeah, so the guy was saying to me, oh, it just doesn't have any power. So don't worry about it. I'll take it. So I took it and I got it back and I opened up the carb and I see the diaphragm's been um, damaged. So I just bought a new diaphragm from the guys down in Cape Town, Thruxton Motors. Yeah, I was just going to say yeah. Thruxton so I bought, is, uh, I, yeah. yeah, I got it. And then it was going fine. But now it's got an electrical problem feeling it's the TCI unit that the might be damaged because yeah. it's got that electronic ignition so I don't know so it's work in progress at the moment but w- but when it was raining when I first put the, the, the new diaphragm in and it was, yes it was so cool it's like on a Sunday afternoon I just cruise around the yeah, neighborhood oh, it's so easy you know it's like you don't have to think about, about riding that bike I did a ride with we got one of those the fuel injector ones but the, yeah. I think they called it the military or the army yeah 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 so we actually had it for six months, and uh, <coughs> I then went and loaned it to my dad in Nordebjørnstein, and I actually yeah. rode down to go give it to him. And it was quite a—you you don't want to be in a hurry, but like 110, I was just chugging along nicely. Yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so when I went down to Cape Town in December, I did a, a podcast interview with a guy that runs Retsa, which is the Royal Enfield Tours South Africa. Indian guy. How big is that in South Africa? What? And I was making notes of it, Red Sir. I don't makes... know. They seem to be, I'm following them on Instagram. They seem to be doing quite well. They've got lots of um, foreigners that are coming and riding I would have thought the English bikes. guys, eh? Hey, yeah. Want to come and ride Royal Enfields in India, and why would they not want to come ride them here? Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. the damage would be a lot less because they're slow, they not. Yeah. And they exactly. like to put your feet down easily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, man. So, anyway, I did a, I did a podcast with them. And then while I was down there, the guy, the guy was running late. So, he said, ah, just take a bike there. Go for a ride. Cool, no problem. You know, down in Cape Town, man, the bike goes like a dream. Yeah, yeah, the, at the coast. Mm, oh, I mean, what is better? Cape Town, you don't want to be going fast anyway. Yeah. You know, you're like, you're looking at the scenery. It's so awesome to, to ride around. And I'm around. sure they're the right bikes. Eh? You're just uh, <laughs> chugging along. Yeah. But and you know, Royal cool. Enfield, have, the guys that have brought them in have battled to really, like, penetrate the market. In my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't know. Struxton is battling. Yeah. First time I saw a Royal Enfield, I was in India on business. I was in Bangalore. And you know, they got lots of bikes and they're all like yeah, 125s, yeah. you know, and the tuk-tuks and all that. But then you hear this, you hear this bike coming. And you think, oh, what's, what's it? What's it? And here comes this Royal Enfield. I said, yes, I want one of those. Yeah. Came back to South Africa. This is back in 2006. Came back to South Africa. And then I found out that there were guys that were importing them. And they were they in... No, no, they were in 44 Stanley before. This is going back, this is yeah, 2006, yeah. Eh? 2006, 2007. 
there were two guys that were bringing in Stanley. Okay, I know forty four Stanley. Forty Stanley. Yeah, the showroom was inside the inside forty four Stanley. Was that to me just you saying that now it makes sounds like a good place to actually have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but you know what the problem was? They were selling those bikes back then. The new classic. The when when I went around there, the classic had just come out. So that's probably what two thousand and nine. Yeah. The classic, the EF5. They were selling them f- then, 69,000. Okay? Yeah. They were twin. Exactly. Exactly. They were yeah. overpriced. So okay. they were they battling. Then I think the one guy that was a partner, he got killed in a car accident. The other guy decided to sell it up. Then there was another guy that bought it. And then they had the, the dealerships. There was that one in Germiston, which was Barry that was running yeah, it. Yeah, the Germiston, the, the classic yeah, bike. Yeah, right there, yeah, with the, the old bowling mm. club there. Yeah. I actually thought there was a good place for it to be. Yeah. Yeah. But they, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's about the support and it's the, uh, I don't know, the guys' yeah. battle. I mean, because Red, Red, um, they were they were selling. The they, they, got invo- yeah, they, they got involved. They got involved. They pulled, they pulled, they pulled, they pulled, pulled out of that. Um, we started that bike night thing based yes. on the whole Royal Enfield classic bikes. Oh, really? started. And as a matter of fact, if you do a bike night on a Royal Enfield, yeah. there's actually a lack of bike to do it yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like... A, so, yeah, tell me about the bike nights. So, is this organized by Superbike? So, we've invited yeah. Joe and them. So, we don't do it for the three months <coughs> in winter. And right now, I'm trying yes. to get our first one for the summer done, okay. which is going to be in September now. Yes. And we're going to do it at uh, Tracker Monument. Okay. So it's not a political thing. We yeah, go yeah, to yeah. the wet zone anyway, but yeah. it's just it's... We try and find unique places to go to. <laughs> yes. But last year, it cost us a bit of money. was actually get a, a proper boot or case to stand at the Fort Scorn playing with oh, a really? concertina. Okay. Yeah. But if you arrive there, I mean, you don't want to have uh, rave music when you're yeah, at no, Fort Tracker no. Monument. Exactly, and then we, yeah. We fire the cannon at 7 o'clock. Okay. And it's quite a thing to see. Quite a thing, yeah. And then last year, we had 712 people through the gate. Wow. So it only costs, yeah. uh, I think it's 30 rand. To okay. get through the gate, yeah, and uh, and that, that goes to them, yes. and uh, so there's quite a bit of money that we yeah. got, in, and it was quite funny. We got all the Holly Davidson shops involved, and uh, there were like hordes and hordes of Holly Davidsons there, and uh, we did a few things wrong. We should have had a PA system that we'll have this year, but all of a sudden things have changed now. Just as of yesterday, they now want a jock certificate, and you need three security guards, and you need a safety officer, and I'm just. I do it because it's a nice thing to do. I don't want it to cost me 20, yeah. but also, 17, yeah. 23 grand yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh, no. So uh, I need to make a decision by tomorrow, 12 o'clock. Okay. We uh, oh, decide sure. if we are going ahead with it. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll have a bike now somewhere, but we might not have might it. Might get for trekking. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is that like for trek is the destination and then what do the guys meet up? So, so the idea with bike night is that every dealership that participates with us, yeah. it costs them nothing to participate. The, the guys they meet start from there. at their shop, yeah. so from five up as five. Yeah, I try and stay away from alcohol. We just try and make yeah. it a zero, um, yes. zero Absolutely. alcohol. But I mean, people are adults. If the guy wants to have a beer, I'm not going to mm. chase him away. But uh, we just try and from our side. You're not promote. You know, in an airplane accident, <coughs> they always go mm. back to exactly the start. So if you start with alcohol, yes. chances are something's going to happen. So yeah. we started with no alcohol. The the shops have got an opportunity to get the customers to be on a social basis in their shops and yes. see what the latest helmet stuff is. They all try and leave at like hopper six, seven o'clock and they ride. And then we try and converge either on Northcliffe Hill, Mandela Bridge. We had 44 stand, we've been yes. there. So we, we try and do a bit of effort that there's a bit of music. I'm going to try and make one of the runs to the uh, Monte Casino that we're going to stop on that 
place on the outside. Oh yeah. And we watched the either MotoGP or a Isle of Man race on that big yeah. screen. So yeah, that's cool. So, so it mustn't take too much effort, but it's yeah. just a nice thing to do with your yes, buddies. Like absolutely, yeah. And everyone then just meets, and when you arrive there, people start pulling in, and it's a bit of a. And when we get there, that's kind of the end of bike night. There's nothing more that happens. No yes. one talks or. Yeah. It's just a whole bunch of yeah, people yeah, yeah. together in a... It's just a social event. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's nice. And so, everyone's on their bikes, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, it's nice to do those kind of things. It's nice to do different things and go different places. I mean, it's always... Like, you're always looking for new destinations, new routes, and also to meet new people as well. Yeah. And it's also promoting... It's also promote Because, I mean, there'll be... Like, let's say you go to Monte Cassino. I mean, it's a bit of a spectacle for people to arrive there on their bikes and... You know, I want to say this, that there are so many diverse bikers around. So if you had to go to something like the the toy run or rally or whatever, mm. um, you'd see there's just hordes and hordes of uh, patched riders. Yes. Okay, so, so South Africa's actually got more clubs riding than any other country, I think, in the world. Oh, really? Everybody thinks America's wow. got, but South Africa, we're, we're a club um, uh, destination Asian, or club yeah. biking nation. Yeah, I've never really liked the the club thing. I, I don't have ASL again, but I I I want to be like a bit of a, a smarty box. But I want to be a piece to all the clubs. So I always thought that if I put myself in one box, I'd be um, not making myself open to other clubs and stuff. Yeah. So I just want to. Uh, so, I'd, but the the point I'm trying to make is so our evenings, on not too many of the club guys come. It's more just the the single motorcyclist that he's got his two or three buddies a day comes, but yes. together they actually make a few hundred people. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I must admit, I'll, I'll be honest. I also don't like the, <coughs> I also don't like the um, club thing. There's a vibe about it that I have to be honest. I don't enjoy. Uh, that's why I've hooked up with Joe in there because it's not a club. It's just bunch of mates to drive together. Grab breakfast on a Taco Tuesday. But don't you do, do your something. Taco Tuesday, which is a bike ride? Yeah. Every Tuesday? No, no, they do it once a month. Okay. Yeah, generally once a month. And then, and the last one we went to, we went to Mama Mexicana, so you go into my bidding. So we meet at Monroe Drive. Yeah. Everyone catches up, talk shit, kick some tires. Seven o'clock, we go down to um, my bidding, go have tacos. Yeah, and it's just open to anybody. Yeah. Open to anyone. It's great. Yeah. Meet new people. Meet people they haven't seen. I, I saw Weimuth there the other day. I haven't seen Weimuth for months. Okay. Saw him there the other day. And you catch up with your mates, meet new guys, look at guys with a good new custom bikes or someone's bought a new yeah, bike. Yeah, there's always something to look at. Yeah, there's always yeah. something to look at. Yeah, it's great. It's really, and I mean, that's what I love about motorcycles. It's just so cool just to go out and ride and meet some new people and make some friends. I mean, that's the lifestyle that we're talking about. Andrew, but I must <coughs> say this, that uh, within the biking thing, eh? Yeah. So we try and do a lot of motorcycle training. Sorry, I'm jumping around no, now again. But uh, we started, the, the new black guys, all these patch riders, and they yes. be- belong to a group called Ra- Rambo, which is yeah. Rainbow Munzee Motorcycling or Bikers Association. You then get another thing, which is ABC, African Bikers Clubs and stuff. But there's quite a few of these different factions, and some of them got some rules, and the other ones don't like the rules, and they break away and go do their own. Yeah. So we started doing rider training because these guys are dying like flies and specifically mm. the black guys. Yeah. So we then try to find out now what's happening. And now a lot of them, they're first generation bikers. So the, the level of riding is not very high. And they haven't been doing track days and stuff where uh, he's new to biking. He thought biking is cool. He gets his buddy to teach him in a parking lot. 
as soon as you can do the clutch and throttle control, the buddy pats you on your back and then you're ready to go to ride to Kuruman, you know. And unfortunately, the alcohol with those guys specifically mm. is there's a lot of alcohol. They, they have fancy music events. I mean, my light is 25. I took him to Kuruman. He came back with all the music that the guys are playing. They're like playing like first world, but proper. Mm. They're like really on the forefront of it. And uh, at these events, there's like a lot of alcohol. They're like Johnny Walker Blue and stuff. And it's a, it's a prestigious thing. And uh, the guys get quite hammered. And like the, call it the white rallies, that you, you would go to a venue like the Rhino Rally or whatever, but it would be at a, a venue. You drive in there, park your bike, maybe rev it through, but you'll be there Friday and Saturday and you'll ride back with the bubblers on Sunday. The, the black rallies go to a town and the, the people from the town, if you like, these black rallies coming, was they'd have a place, a stadium where they have the all the festivities going. Yeah. But all of these guys will rent every B&B in that whole town. So the whole town actually does well when they come to... Oh, wow. But the problem is these guys drink there and then drive to wherever they, and dice because now they've got a bit of gyro yeah, juice yeah, in them. Exactly. And these oaks are seriously dying all the time. So we started a rider training thing where uh, we said to the guys, we'll take them to a racetrack. And we had all of their road captains and we had 26 guys there. Four of them had been riding bikes for longer than five years. The rest are all brand new riders yeah. and they are... Um, They've actually done the effort to become the road captain of their little club. Mm. So it shows you that they liked it and then wanted to take it further. And the majority are not road captains, you know, they're just normal yeah, riders. Normal riders, yeah. So I'm saying that in South Africa, within the next five to ten years, you're going to change the, the, the riding dynamic. There's going to be hordes and hordes more black riders on the road. Yeah. And we must try and train them just to have a bit more respect for alcohol and bikes and, yeah, and get their riding. Safety. Yeah, safety. Get home safely, you know. But what started me chatting about it is they like the separate factions. And I'm trying to say, it doesn't matter what color. Once you put your helmet on your head, you're yeah. a biker. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. You're welcome to come to any of our events. Any, I'm sure exactly, to your yeah. events. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was actually a guy that joined us at Taka Tuesday. I'm actually going to do a podcast with him as well. He belongs to one of these um, sort of black motorcycle uh Clubs. Club, yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do an interview. So I'll get the I'll get the lowdown on all that yeah. stuff with him. Yeah. So talking about uh, bike training, I mean, you you had a, a bike training school or something? You yeah, still we, got we, that? we still run it. Yeah, we, we still got it. Yeah. So we rent Kalani. <laughs> okay. So this year we rent it twice a year. We have a track day, and we hopefully get like 140, 150 people to the track, and. Uh, since Toby's taken over, it's, it's just become so expensive. It's now 419,000 Rand to rent the track for a day. Okay. That includes the marshals and medics. You have to charge, well, we're charging 3,200 Rand per person. That means you need like 130 people yeah. paying customers just to pay for the track. And then please, Lord, let it not rain. And, and you'd be amazed on how many friends I've got. Hey, you know, I want to be instructor and stuff. So yeah. I'm a... But we do, once a month, we do a, a, a private rider training where we take about 15, 20 guys to uh, Red Star. Okay. And that's on a Monday. So yeah. I'd actually yeah. like you to come do that one day with us. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, I'd love to. We'll give you leathers and a CBR 600. Yeah, um, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. Done. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, like on the rider training side, um, so just going back to those black guys, I mean, they've got the money. They're buying these big, big ass bikes, yeah, no one buys small bikes. Yeah, so they're buying super bikes and they're buying... And cruisers. And cruisers, and cruisers, you know, yeah. the boulevard, the nice good old... 
I see, I see they like to buy the boulevards. Well, the boulevard offers the best value for money. I think yeah. as a brand, they most probably would like to own a Harley. Yes. But the Harley is like 100,000 and more mm. than the boulevard. And yeah. The, and the boulevard <coughs> offers incredible value for money and it's all blinged out as chrome. Yeah. And, and they actually yeah. do do a lot of um, modifying and they do a lot of exhaust modifying. So their bikes are all incredibly yeah. open. <laughs> loud. It's, it's almost too loud. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, they say loud pubs uh, save lives, but uh, yeah, I'm sure maybe. <laughs> you'll hear this guy come like a kilometer down the road. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. So on the rider training side, I suppose it's always a good idea for people that, when they're new into biking to go for rider training because I think a lot of people underestimate the value of doing it. So like for me, I, I like to do dirt and that kind of thing. So, I mean, one of the first things I did when I got my GS was to go and do some off-road training with BMW. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've never done the track stuff, so I'd love to do the track stuff. So, so let me say this to you, hey, many, many more people <laughs> die with aeroplane, uh, with the motorbike accidents opposed to aeroplane accidents. Yeah. And uh, if you think about exactly what I said, Nana, your buddy teaches you, especially if you're, if you're a young adult and you've never ridden bikes before, because mm. your mom didn't want to or your yeah, wife. Yeah, exactly. As soon Sounds as you can do your clutch, they, they pat you on the back and you're good to go. But actually... Yeah. A bike is so different to a bicycle mm. that if you think about it, if you want to go fly a microlight, which must probably the same cost as what a motorbike is, yeah, they're going to insist that you do like 15 hours with the instructor before you get going on your own. Yeah. Where a motorbike should actually not be the same, but I mean, there should be a lot there more must be. emphasis on the training. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I've been doing this training thing for over 20 years now. I think it's like 25. Um, it's quite amazing that we've had older guys that have come to ride with us and you just teach them the, the, where they must consciously think about the, the, the counter steering. steering yeah. And the guy comes back to you and says, goodness, I'm, for the first time in my life, I'm the boss of the motorbike. Yeah. Or, or trail breaking into a corner. Yeah. And like almost everybody keeps their feet, their toes on, on their on foot the, on, on, on their right. But yeah. look at every MotoGP and World Superbike picture, the outside foot is always forward. So yeah. if, if you emphasize that a little bit yeah. with the guys and the guys sit comfortably on the bike, mm. So our training, we take a photographer with, and he takes photographs of every session and every corner that you're taking, not okay. but every time the same corner. We then go back to the class and you compare how that guy's sitting on the bike. Everybody's got an idea of how they're sitting on the bike, but when they see themselves, Seems you can like yeah. say, bend your inside arm, look where you're looking. And yeah, it's look amazing. The corner, that kind of thing. When you get the guy to be comfortable on the bike, that speed comes to you. You don't have to mm. go and try and go fast. You just... Because you're comfortable with the bike. It yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. You know, so. yeah, I must admit, I'll be, I've been riding for, okay, so I was one of those guys that whose mothers didn't like, you know. didn't bike. So I only really started, my old man bought a bike and I was riding his bike. I mean, I used to ride bikes when I was in school. I used to ride yeah. my mate's bikes and all that kind of stuff. But not your owner. You didn't have your own no, bike. I, the first time I got my own bike was like 2010, 2011, when I owned my own bike. Okay, yeah. Um, that's terrible. That's bad parenting, eh? I know. Goodness. I know. That's yeah, why yeah. I want to teach my kids yeah, to ride early. bikes. I mean, I've never done track training. I'll be honest with you. I'd love to do it. I think I need to do so it. So, I must tell you, you would yeah. be, especially if you've never done it, Yeah. in one day, you'd be amazed on how high you can push your own ceiling. Yeah. Like, wherever your ceiling is. Yeah. Because on a road, you can have many, many years of experience, mm. but you've never had the opportunity to go through the same corner Multiple four, four, times. four kilometers later, same corner. You yeah. know there's no pavement. Mm. You know there's just a bit of... And we're going to teach you techniques. And you, you basically just keep on pushing your own own ability. Yeah. And yeah. 
it's amazing to see, especially your first time. You'll never yeah. learn. <laughs> it's like taking ecstasy for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> you'll never quite get there again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you'll have to edit that out. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so, but I mean, let's talk about about your riding. I mean, you've uh, you used to race yes, as well? my whole life, yeah. Yeah, and you were talking early on about uh, the Isle of Man. I mean, yeah, you, 2010, I actually yeah. did it. Okay. So, uh, and how was that? So I'm a city, so I'm a, I've raced superbikes and stuff my whole life, yes. and I was trying, I was getting towards the end of my racing career. I always had a, a, a love for other men, and I just thought, you know, I can't have liked motorbikes as much as what I've done, and then never have done the other men. So yes. without ever even going there, I got some sponsors here. We took a Honda Fireblade, and I put it in a box, and we went, and I participated. Yeah. And I qualified to ride in the, the main race. <laughs> which is the proper superbike race with a super stock bike by 0.1 of a mile an hour. But uh, yeah. I entered and I did it. So I it's cool. It, yeah. What was the experience like? Because, I mean, we I mean, uh, often watch the, the Isle of Man. And, I mean, it just blows my mind what those guys are doing in terms of um, the speed that they're doing in the environment that, they, that they're riding in. Because, I mean, it's not like a track where you say, you know, there's yeah. no pavements and all that kind of stuff. I mean, what's it like to actually ride that, so, so that very, speed? So it's very typical. So I got a ferry and I had a little a van that I'd uh, rented for the or a friend of mine had loaned me for the, the duration that I was there for like two weeks. And uh, as you get over at like 10 o'clock at night, um, I wanted to go and see what the actual track. So I booked into the place where I was staying and uh, I then wanted to go see what the track looks like. And it's still a 60k is one lap. So then you start riding down and I've got a map of where it is and then you go down this little this typical English road, like yeah, shitty, bumpy little... Yeah. English roads and they're too <coughs> narrow and pavements and then you like read that you are on the right road and then you come to like a bit of a corner and there's some straw bales but the road is still working and then you're like okay this is then part of the corner and then you go down the straight and then there's a few more straw bales so every now and then you're like thank goodness I can't be on the track but then you see some straw bales and you realize you're on the track yeah, on the track yeah so so that's firstly is a bit of a mind bend when you get there mm. and all the roads that are interlinking in, on the day when the, when you're riding on the track, it's just like an orange rope with a little board that's the size of the number plate that says road closed. And the, the marshal will walk on the one side and just hook it onto the other side. It will <laughs> never work in South Africa. So <laughs> never. never. But, but it, they treat it with a lot of respect. So, yeah. so that's then road closed. And when you start riding, you're overwhelmed um, just with how many street poles and lampposts. And like there are so many things that are dangerous that can kill yeah. you. But eventually you just start focusing on just like looking ahead of you and you like start, you have to start not thinking about the but, stuff that's yeah. around you. You just look at the road. Yeah. And eventually it, it actually starts becoming a bit of a track. But it, and I did many laps, but uh, you'll never know it 100%. Yeah, because well, I mean, you, what do you say, 60 kilometers? I mean, well, one lap, yeah. and there must be, I don't know how many corners, but say 130 yeah. corners on. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So I must tell you, I got to 114.8 miles an hour, and that year when I went, they, they just started doing uh, 130 miles an hour. But uh, the, the difference is, on the slow speed corners, I was a racer, so I'd say I'm about the same speed as going Guy Martin and all of those guys through slow speed. But where they make up the time is like in the fifth, sixth gear stuff, yeah. where they know that if you do this line, you watch that telegraph pole, you can go through this at... Yeah. 230 yeah. k's now where I'd be doing like say 180 and that's yeah, that's the difference and yeah. and when you get past I mean every now and then you get past by these top oaks uh, on the high speed section then it just like it makes you your like, eyes walk like, a little bit because you're know? like you're standing still and yeah for sure because like, yeah. I mean I, like when you watch that 
<clears throat> I think there was a, a onboard video that I watched with um, with McGuinness. Yeah. And like he comes out of that, you know, like out of the the village section or whatever. And now he's on one of these straights, and he, you can just see it. He's just gaining speed, gaining speed. On the onboard camera, like you see, like the trees are coming, and then almost like it goes into like warp speed, like the trees that are coming past, and also like the shadows. I mean, the, I mean, what are the shadows like? Because so I'm going to tell you a story. So yeah. They call it the Selby Straight. Yeah. So you come out of uh, like a few high speed corners, like fourth gear, then you join onto the Selby Straight, which is almost a mile long. So it's long. Yeah. When you play the um, <coughs> the game, game on PlayStation to learn yeah. the, the track, and I did a lot of that before I went. Oh, did you? You, okay. you know that, there, and it's lots of trees there, mm. so you know for a fact that this is a straight. So you can actually relax your arms a little bit, but it's yes. flat out six here, but you can actually just relax and take a bit of a breather because you know it's straight. But in the beginning, and I knew I was going to come to this straight that you're going to have time to relax now. But you go down the straight, and then you can't see properly because the sun is shining through, the, so it's shadow. Yeah. So you start, and your vision starts blurring, and it's the, your, the blur just starts going further and further. Eventually, you start getting scared. Yeah. Because you start doing, say, 260, 280. Yeah. That everything's just going to go into, you start mistrusting your vision. Yeah. And every time I went past that uh, Salby Strait, I actually couldn't go flat out in 60. And I was like, cross with myself, because so, I know it's a straight, but... Uh, it's just your, bo- your mind my, my is My body just... is like, something is... <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> So then I go into the pits and we're like talking. I said, goodness, like I know the Selby Strait was like, it's a straight. I should be able to, that's the one place where I can like make up some time. And the Oaks said, I know it's easy. You know, as the seasoned riders, what, what they do when they come out of that last corner, there's a bit of a place where there's not trees right at the end of Selby Strait, which is like almost a kilometer, more than a kilometer away. Yeah. Where you can see the sun shining properly. He said, all you do is you come out of the last corner and you just stare at that Focus little point. That, at that yeah. point, you don't worry what's around you. And I promise you, I did the, the next lap, come out of that last corner and you just stare at that little sunny part like far down. Don't worry about the vision blurring and you can just, you can hold it. So it's, uh, it's bizarre actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did it increase your time? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every time you went yeah, down. You so right, uh, yeah. I, I started at like 100 miles an hour. So the first time when you go, um, you, my first lap around I think was 99.8 miles an hour. Yeah. They, they time every single lap that you do. But then from there, you start picking up one, one or two, one or th- But you know, 100 miles an hour is still average of 160. Yeah. You're not exactly. idling. No, no, you're not so, idling. So every time you like go by <laughs> a little bit up, it, it just feels that you're taking a... A, biggest, a, a big a, step, a, yeah. A, a big step forward. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's something about the Isle of Man that is, that is um, majestic in a way. If I, I say to every motorcyclist, especially now that I've been and I've participated, yeah. do I have a desire to do it again? Um, definitely not. not. Yeah, but but I'm so pleased I've like a, I'm everything. Like I'm proud that I've had kids and stuff, but that is yeah. definitely like half on my. Yeah. But I've now taken people a few years afterwards. I've taken them back there, and you will never in your life experience more speed than yeah. what you do standing. On the side of the, I, I'd yeah. take the people to the same little place where we have a bra, yeah. and I always do my timing that we like get the fires going before the, they open the track for the superbike guys. So we yeah. all lined up, and the first few superbike guys are John McGuinness, the fastest guys. Mm. And there's a place where we go down. Um, get the name. In any case, we it's it's where um, Jeffrey's passed away. So yes. Six gear flat out and top gear, and he actually uh, well. So we stand at that guy's house. We bra there. We've got a fire going. All of our guys, it's about a meter off the ground. And you can actually stand on stand the guy's grass yeah. and you can look over 
and the guys come, you can hear them coming. I mean, and mm. you can hear that bike is in six gear and the oak's not tapping off. And the first few guys come through that, those uh, Crosby, Crosby, they come yeah. through Crosby, flat, flat, flat out in, it's 200 miles an hour. Mm. And everyone stands, and the first time that John McGinnis comes past, I promise you, everybody jumps, jumps this high, and they stand about two meters back. <laughs> and, uh, and the speed that, I mean, as far as we are yeah. sitting away, with two meters, hey, the guys oh, coming past you, it's, 320 k's an hour and uh, the, the sound the the, the wind the, the shock wave you can never yeah. replicate that yeah. with yeah. at Kalami or yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. any motor gp track yeah yeah so even as, as a spectator it's it's an amazing thing to go watch yeah, yeah big time people yeah. are addicted they go back every yeah. year yeah, yeah. now I've, I've just had a flashback now that is when the first time i met you at central you came and did that presentation on uh, the tour okay. that you do to to Isle of Man. Okay, it was a tour. Yeah. It wasn't my on-bike lab. It was also had an on-bike lab. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. It was, um, I think you came and presented at the okay. club meeting about the tour that you were planning okay. for then. Hey, I was keen to go. Oh. Timing and money is always an issue. You know, our, our exchange rate just hurts us. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, so, yeah. like, you've got to get the guys to come here. <laughs> can I tell you what? Hey, you buy a beer <coughs> for three pounds, but convert it back into yeah. our money. It's like, and it's yeah. now three pounds fifty. You yeah. know, it's like all of a sudden seventy rand for a beer. Yeah, yeah. And the guys have more than a couple, two or three. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that's cool. And your um, your your motorcycle racing career. I mean, I was looking at the events that you were involved in. I mean, obviously a lot of regional stuff. But I see you had a wild card into one of the superbikes. Yeah, so that was in '98. Um, yeah. I was racing for the Ducati guys in Edinburgh. And uh, there was an opportunity to get a wildcard ride, and we in there. It's quite funny. Like in their in their garage, they even just got like a engine with different heads and stuff. So yeah. it was a it was a real hybrid bike. But yeah, mm. we, we we managed to ride and we qualified. We were within the um, I think I was about four seconds off Fogarty's lap time. Okay, wow. And uh, I would have at that stage said definitely say two two and a half seconds was off. Uh, the the bike had a, a role to play and i was definitely not at world level but yeah we were at my track which i knew mm. but uh, was that at Calum? at Calum, yeah. yeah it was then i've done a few nice things i've done a the world uh, endurance 24 hour at spa in frankie okay. yeah so that was quite an, an experience so yeah so the injury it was six hour injuries right? 20, 24 20, hours 24 hours three riders 20 okay hours so like almost like a lamar kind of it's exactly, it's, yeah, it's exactly, the world yeah. two-bike endurance. So the oh, same right. Oaks would have ridden at uh, Lamar. I just got yeah. the opportunity to go be it's a, a ride to, yeah, yeah. for them on their Oh, that's team. nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah so, so it's quite nice to have been involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Look, I've always loved uh, motorcycles and motorcycles. Yeah. And uh, like right now, actually, um, I run the Short Circuit Series. Okay. So your kids definitely must come and ride. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a day coming up in October yeah. where we're gonna, we've actually got a guy sponsoring a helicopter ride. Okay. So every kid that comes yeah. must do 10 laps on one of our little bikes and I'll have yeah. all the bikes there available. So from yeah. four years up to mm. 20. But you must at least know how to ride first before you can uh, We can train that. them on the day. We've got a yeah. bike on a dyno so we can <coughs> actually do the, so the yeah. kid doesn't have to balance. You can just yeah. learn how to do the gears. The gears, yeah. And if, yeah. if the guys, we can say not 10 laps, but if they do a few laps on the bike, mm. and they then get a uh, free helicopter ride. Sure. Okay, that's cool. So that's quite a yeah an opportunity, and I think we, that's going to boost our numbers for next year big time. So mm. 
Oh, that's good. That's great. Yeah. So, and I mean, your son, your kids, they're also racing? Or? Yeah, so I've got three kids. So, yeah. the 25-year-old son, he rides in the, the main class, in the okay. SM1 class. And then uh, I've got a 12-year-old that he rides in the 85cc class and a 150cc class. Oh, right. But they, uh, I mean, but, uh, there's some pictures, yeah. that's a little NSF 100. So, how old are your kids? Uh, 17 and 15. Yeah. So but never ridden a bike ever in their lives. So we have a youth training camp happening in December. Okay. It's like a little bit of old felt school. Yes. It costs two grand per kid, but yeah. that, that includes the bike and the clothing and the food and stuff, and they go to Red Stock. Okay. And they, after those two days, yeah. the kid will either love motorbikes or, or hate, hate them, them but, uh, but at least they'll know but, the have, but they will <laughs> be able to pull away with a bike yeah. and the gear and stuff. Okay, so. cool. I'll, I'll look into that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, I mean... Um, these events, well, let's talk about all the events that you're involved in organizing. Okay. So okay, so so firstly, we have eight races in a year for yeah. one of our little kids. We do it in Natal, at, in Joburg, Vigeneching, Swarkorps, and Polokwane. Mm. And uh, so th- that's... It's almost big. like a feeder into... Is it like a feeder into... Yeah, yeah for sure. We're the ra- biggest feeder into ra- the, the big... The big yeah. s- As a matter yeah. of fact, eh, our class is so competitive that we had our national champion which is Clint Seller, he came and rode. So we've got a celebrity bike, which we give you a brand new 450 Husqvarna with brand new tires. Um, granted, he didn't do any practice. He just came in and did our qualifying. I think he qualified ninth or 10th. Yeah. And I think he only came to seventh. And he okay. crashed the ones as well. And so I think our national superbike champion got a bit of a fright on how fast our, the our, club, are. our club guys are. Yeah, so, wow. Uh, that's, that's, that's so amazing. I'm going to invite him again and he's going to come. I bet he's going to practice a little bit more and he's going to try and. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. the ego thing going. Yeah, I, don't feel, yeah. I, I think he was surprised that I, I think he thought he was good enough for a podium, yeah. which he should be. Yeah, he should like, be. Yeah. Like he should be. Yeah. But he needs to give himself a little bit more time, time to, to practice. To the, yeah. uh, so that's good. So our next that's race good. is on uh, at uh, Vieneging and then the last race is on at uh, Red Star. Okay. Then we do, once a month, we do these private, so, so we run the magazine, and when we finish the magazine on Friday, that next Monday, we do one day with uh, 15, 20 guys. Okay, yeah. And lastly, while I've got the opportunity, we do a trip twice a year to, uh, Joe's actually been with us. Okay. To Lesotho. Lesotho, yeah. And uh, we stay at Afriski. Yeah, yeah. And we do it all with road bikes. We stay at Afriski both nights. Yeah. And uh, sat- Saturday we drive to Sony Top and we actually, so we had Holly guys. Yeah. The top of Sony Top, but yeah. you don't have to ride any no, dirt. You don't right? have to ride any dirt. You park at the top and you ride back to Afriski. Okay. And we actually uh, take a band, I get some sponsors involved, and we actually take our own bandwidth. Yeah. And on the Friday they play like a little bit of car music and on. Saturday, Saturday we just let it rip let down. Let it rip. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. So. Um, and then the magazine. I mean, uh, did you start the magazine? No. So I, I didn't start it, but I've, yeah. I've been involved for like eleven years, and I think I've owned okay. it now for about four or five years. Okay. But uh, um, it was started in South Africa. It's the same as what Superbike magazine is in the UK. Right. And uh, when I started eleven years ago, the the current uh, person running it was in a bit of a financial trouble with the printers, the, the guys did me a deal that if I got them out of the hole within two years, I think it was 700k, I mm. could own half of it, it took us a year longer, okay. and then uh, about five years ago they just gave me the other half, so... Uh, oh wow, yeah, okay. so. And how's the magazine going, I mean, in this uh, digital world, I mean, having a, a print, printed um, 
magazine? Do you, do you also do electronic as well? Or? So I must tell you, we are under threat constantly from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yeah. websites. Um, everything is just free. I mean, even this thing that we're doing in our podcast yeah. a few years ago, that it wasn't it. So you get an information overload. Yeah. Um, we've just done a survey in our September issue where it's, we actually published the results. And our average uh, reader is every year is getting a year older. We're now at 45 years old. Okay. So you would have thought being super it should be a younger yes. audience. Yes, yes. So our average, uh, average reader is 45. And uh, we do have an electronic version, but the world over, people don't want to spend any money on electronic stuff. Yes. Everything that they consume is free. Free, yeah. On electronics. Yeah. And uh, I, I suffer from FOMO, so I did a bit of research with a, a company in... Uh, uh, the US, they did a lot of research on electronic magazines. Yeah. And everyone said, yes, you must do electronic magazines to get into the youth market. The under 25, it's not even a, not even a point of a percentage who spends money on... Uh, yeah. It then starts increasing. The biggest group of people that were spending money on uh, electronic magazines was over 65. And the main reason for that was that they could increase the font. The font size. So it was just so completely <laughs> away from what from people... From what you expected. But what people yeah. were saying. Yeah. So our electronic magazine, we do have one and people can get it. We actually give yeah. it for free if you take out a, uh, so a hard uh, no, copy. A hardcover um, subscription, yeah. But one of the facts that a person can't walk away from right now, as we stand in the, the history line of humanity, more trees are being cut down right now and more magazines are being printed at this moment than ever in the history really? of, uh, of mankind. Yeah. And the, the thing is like broad-based magazines have taken a, a, a big dive, yeah. but there are so many more small magazines. You just walked into any spa or... Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. Like I'm just a, thinking about it now. There's like, I promise you, there's probably three, four hundred different titles that you can choose from. So yeah. before you'd only get Getaway. Now yeah. you've got Go, Vech, yeah. Like, the whole lot of stuff. Yeah, adventure, 4x4 magazine. And I think right, the, the amount of money to be made out of magazines is diminished. I don't think that's the golden era is gone. But uh, you have to be quite a, a niche. So yes. luckily motorcycling is a bit of a niche. niche yeah. And we do the roadside and adventure, but mm. we don't do the, the off-road. The yeah, like the motocross. motocross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so would bike SA be your competition? Um, they would be and ride fast. And ride fast. Yeah. Although the three of us again is like three different. They big time into the the rally guys. Yes. And if you think about how big the rally group is, they've almost over the years have become like the unofficial um, club book for all the rally guys. There's so much yes. rally news in there. So yes. I'd say that that's their core. Yeah. Uh, ride fast is a very sports bike orientated. So they are MotoGP and World Superbikes, where we try and be. A little bit of everything for all bikers. So, you know, the, the retro cool bikes, the yeah. adventure bikes, cruisers, Super and then bikes street bikes and, and road bikes. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. so, I mean, how do you, to keep the magazine relevant? I mean, how, how are you doing it? Yeah, so, we spend quite a bit of money on uh, overseas <coughs> contributors. Okay. So, we get like Full West and Matt Oxley and um, Roland Brown and stuff. So, if you go through the magazine, if I had to write the whole magazine, I think you'd bore yourself. In my English teacher would fall <laughs> over backwards if she knew what I'm doing. Yes. But uh, I'm yeah. actually a bit dyslexic, so I actually battle with my spelling, but I've got people yeah. that check it for me. Yeah. And uh, I think what's keeping us alive, if you, 
if you look at our sales of the magazine, for sure we're under pressure. The last year we actually took a bit of a dip. Okay. And for a long time we were actually um, seeing off all this electronic onslaught, but we've yeah. we started feeling a bit of a pinch now. Mm. And uh, I think, uh, but I think that's also got to do with the economy right now. Yeah, no, I think everyone's taking Everyone's taking a bit of a... Yeah. And, you know, we only want 35 rand or 40 rand out of those wallets. It's not mm. the end of the world. No, it's not a lot of money. And I think we just need to make um, the magazine entertaining. And yeah. I think the survey that we did, it was quite amazing. At the back of the magazine, you've got that buyer's guide, yeah. which is a pain in the ass and it's difficult to put it together. But people love the buyer's love guide it. because they yeah. can compare. Yeah, no, I was looking at it at the, the magazine you gave me the other day. I was checking out. Yeah, oh, so that's where I got stuck. I got stuck in the... Okay. So uh, it's quite amazing and people like competitive <coughs> tests. Funny enough, I do a lot of stuff where we feature events like the KTM Rally and the LDBA yeah. and the BMW GS and people actually don't like reading about that too much. So it's uh, okay. so that came through the So we need On to be yeah. more and they they wanted gear test. You know, we must put a jacket on yeah. and give an opinion on the Yeah. So we need to do that kind that. of stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Well I'm glad I'm glad to hear you engage with your readers and that they're giving you positive feedback on so I think constructive I, feedback, right? I, I think the magazines <coughs> will be around forever and a day because it's a nice way of... Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. And we should actually make peace with it that we are reading matter for when Oaks on their toilets. So <laughs> exactly. that we are toilet reading matter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think uh, Afrikaans guy said to me once that I mustn't make the stories too long. It must just be, you know, yeah. use the word, I'm not young cock long face. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, <laughs> see, every day he goes and he reads one story. So, yeah, no, that's, that's good. Well, I mean, yeah, that is true. That's where one reads. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't think people will take a tablet to the toilet no. or your phone, really. So no. it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's your quiet time. <laughs> it's your quiet time. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, there was something else I wanted to ask you. Um, so I, I put some notes on my, on my phone here. Yeah. Just checking. Um, yeah, because I didn't, I, I, I didn't start off by saying that I... I didn't want this. I don't like my podcast to be like interviews. Uh, you know, they must just be like we were chatting. We're talking, okay. Yeah, I know. It's, it's worked out very well. <laughs> um, yeah, we've spoken about the bike training. We've spoken about. Um, so, like, I, I, you know, every time I, I go past your place when I go pick up my kids, I mean, it's got loads of bikes parked outside your your spot. Uh, I'm yeah. sure I'm not very popular with some people that don't like biking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not, but he gives. Yeah, I, I try. You guys are shooting like Yeah. Um, but I mean, you've always got bikes. By, are those bikes that you test riding? Or okay, yeah. your bikes? or Yeah, yeah so I obviously own a, a few bikes. Yeah. But um, uh, the bikes that you see that are always there are test bikes. So yeah. I had, like now, we just took the, the latest Kawasaki ZX-10 back. Okay. And I must tell you, if you like motorbikes, my job could be the most ideal job, job in the world. Yeah. I think last year I flew overseas like 11 or 12 times. Oh, wow. And it's always a, but it's, it's a quick little trip. It's like a two nights in an aeroplane and then two or three nights there and then back again. Yes. But uh, you, you're always riding the, the latest um, and greatest that the world is launching. Yeah, exactly. And it's a few yeah. months before it comes into South Africa. Yeah. And, uh, and even, yeah, once the bikes arrive in South Africa, we normally have the first bite at them. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, yeah, it's a big problem. That must be nice. fun. Yeah, that must be fun. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, a buddy of mine and I. I mean, that's one of the things we used to do. Uh, like once a month, we'd go have breakfast, whatever, and we go test ride bikes. We'll go to. 
to KT or we'll go to Kawasaki or we'll go to Yamaha or BMW or we'll go test ride a bike. And it's quite cool. It's nice to go and test ride. And I mean, I suppose that's the way it should be. It's like you've got yourself a bike, you go test ride a new bike. Maybe that's a nice bike. Maybe maybe I must think about (laughs) upgrading. Exactly what you're saying now. I always say to the guys with bike shops, bums in seats. Yeah. That's what actually sells the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think you might like a bike, but you don't really go and ride it, it's not going to be, it's not going to niggle at you. Yeah, exactly. But if you think you like it and you go and jump on it, it's better yeah, than what better you thought, than it, thought was, it was. Yeah. That yeah. thing's going to niggle with you till you. So, and I mean, that's the experience that I've had as a, a potential customer going to different uh, dealerships is that the way that you get treated is in some places, they're like really pedantic about how much time you've got, what bike you can ride, how many you can ride on a day. I'm not going to say any names, I'll tell you afterwards. But um, other places, they just throw bikes at you. They say, oh, you want to test ride four bikes? Not a problem. Just, you know. You just do the paperwork. It's fine. No problem. As long as you're happy to do the paperwork, you can ride as many bikes as you want. And that's what you want. You don't want to feel like, oh, you know, it's like, you know, it's a problem for me to come test ride a bike. I mean, like, you know, I go to a, a particular dealership and, I mean, they've got six bikes parked outside and they say do you want to ride all of them Just, yeah why yeah. not all saturday morning that's all you do up and down up and down up and down but i agree if, if you've never ridden yeah a gs or then the r90 or the, yeah. or the aprilia or whatever you won't know until you know you know well i'll tell you a story how did i get my gs i walked into a bmw dealership the one day i was riding my r80 that was my yeah. bike that i would ride to work Around the, around the neighborhood, that kind of thing, go for Sunday rides. I was using my, 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 my R80. And the one day I walked into the BMW dealership, and I'd been looking and always wanted to buy a GS. And I went and I rode the GS. I bought it the next week. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Look, I didn't buy it, sorry to say, I didn't buy it from them because I was looking for a particular one. Okay. I wanted, um, I got that, uh, the rally edition, the one with the red frame. Okay, that yeah, they, the, the, last, the last color change they did before the liquid cooled. And that's the bike that I wanted. But I went and I test rode the, the, the normal GS, yeah. color GS, whatever. And uh, I was like, I want that. I'm sold, yeah. I want that bike. And I, bought, I, went, I found a rally uh, at ZMVZ and I bought it. How many miles have you done now, Kays? Not as many as I would like to. I've only got 50 on that bike. Okay. And yeah. have you done some big trips? Um, I've done big trips on my own. Okay. You know, like I, I did a 5,000k trip on my own. Oh, that's big. Just down to, I went down to Cape Town, back up the West Coast, up to Springbok, across to Uppington, back to Joburg. So I went down the uh, the Garden Route. Yeah, I stayed yeah. a couple of days. Yeah, it's a decent distance, 5,000k yeah, is yeah, one yeah. trip. And I've, I've been down to Swaziland. I, I did the retro ride with, um, with uh, Weymouth and then with the club on uh, R- okay, R100. Went down to Swazi. Oh, I mean, that like it's nice to ride these fancy bikes and everything, but you get on old bikes like that, like an R100. Yeah, it's RT, pure. It's pure. It's like I had a smile on my face from the moment you left to the moment yeah. I got back because it was just so much fun just to be riding on this old bike. And this thing's got so much. Just go. Yeah, so we've got an old, the 250th. <coughs> single uh, BMW that we're yeah. busy restoring but my dad's got a very okay. clean R90S you so that's like so a, yeah, prop yeah. No, that's a prop yeah. that's a and uh, that's a 
a really special bike to, to ride. You know, when yeah. you're riding it, and you're just and it's just yeah. tugging along, and it's yeah. yeah. I mean, I, just, I love my old BM. The Lotto carbs and yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the induction noise. No, it's proper. Yeah, no. Look, it's uh, that that puts a smile on my face every time. Look, I mean, I enjoy my GS. Yeah. But that that R80 is. Yeah, but they're clinical. Eh? All the yeah. GSs, they. Yeah. They almost lack a bit of personality. Well, that's they're why so I don't good. like. That's why I don't like the new liquid cool. I like the the my my old oil one. Oil cool, yeah. Yeah, oil cool, oil cool, whatever they call it. Um, because it still feels like I'm riding a bike. When I first test rode the liquid cool, I thought I, I could be on an RT for all yeah. I know because it's so smooth and there's no wind buffeting or anything like that. It's just you know, it didn't give, give yeah. me that feeling, you know, of that I'm riding about. I'm just making the bike smoother and smoother, but like Harley, I went over to go and ride the, the, this new um, Milwaukee 8 motor or whatever. Yeah. And uh, was the first time I jumped on them, you rev it, you're like, thank goodness, they've taken too much of the Harleyness away yeah. from it. Yeah. And I actually felt like, and I even wrote it in my report when I came yeah. back, I thought, goodness, yeah. they, they lost a little bit of the essence of, the, yes. of Harley. Yes. I then jumped, I then came and had an opportunity a month or two later to go ride an older holly. Goodness, and the, the thing was vibrating so much that I thought, goodness, I actually need to uh, <laughs> make like, a plan. And then I had an opportunity to ride one of the new ones, and I realized, okay, now okay. in my head, yeah. I actually moved on. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, new yeah. stuff is just yeah. better and more yeah. refined. But, uh, so, I mean, I, I always thought of hollies as rattle traps. And eventually, uh, for many years, I put off riding a holly. Because, ah, uh, BMW, holly. So uh, the one day, this friend of mine, uh, he bought a street bob for his wife, and he yeah. had a heritage. And his wife was still learning to ride, so the bike was standing. So he said, "Come, come ride the the street bob, and we'll go up to Machali's." Cool. So I get on that bike, and this thing vibrates like, like the number plates vibrates off, and the brackets are breaking because it's vibrating so much. It was so cool to ride. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the only time the it's sound. not vibrating. Yeah, and the sound. And the, and yeah. the only time it's not vibrating is when you're accelerating. <laughs> yeah. Give it gas, you know. No, no listen, no. I, I, I enjoy riding Hollies now. It's, so this friend of mine, he lives down in Cape Town. He's got, two, he's got the two Hollies. He's got the 66 and he's got a, a, um, a newer sports day. And I mean, just riding Cape Town with those Hollies, that's just... Yeah. I suppose any bike in Cape Town is great, but... Oh, yeah, the Hollies have got something about them. If I had to win the, the Euro <coughs> Lotte, yeah. lottery, I think people would be surprised at how many bikes I'd actually own. Okay. Yeah, how many? Just, just all of them? Yeah, I think, You'd yeah. be like um, Jay Leno. Yeah, but I 600 think bikes. As though. long as you can read yeah, it. And I reckon I'd ride all of them. Yeah, I, yeah. There'd no, be very few that I wouldn't ride, absolutely, you know? Yeah. So, I, uh, I, I, I suppose, until I've done the, 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 the training on the track, um, I'm, I'm very scared of riding superbikes. Um, have you ever ridden one? Like in yeah, yeah, no, I've ridden, I've just ridden, and I've, I've, I've actually, t you know, when they've had the, 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 the bike festival, yeah, I've gone and done the, you know, I took the uh, GSXR one thousand. Okay, that's proper. On the, yeah. on the, on the track, but I mean, I'm a little bit cautious in the corners, but yeah. But down the straight, did you give yeah, the full yeah, yeah, I try as much as I could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because obviously they're also trying to keep you. They don't want to, the oh, marshals in front of you. Oh, they yeah. don't want you to go okay. too quickly. Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, yeah, I'd love to be able to ride a, a superbike properly on the track. So we actually take people for. Uh, we've got a special RR BMW. Yeah. It's got a handle that you hold yeah. around. We get you dressed yeah. up in leather and stuff, and then you hold on. And uh, yeah, we've got a few of the racing guys that uh, take the guys yeah. for a lap. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, just I think 
if you've never raced bike before and you go with someone that has raced yes, bikes, yeah. like Randy Momoda does at MotoGP experience, yes. where the guys go around the corner, mm. um, <clears throat> that when you're going for the first time and you've never leaned a bike so far, it's, yeah. it's quite a sensation. Because when the guys climb off, they, <laughs> th- there's a trick. But there's a trick to make someone go fast but feel exhilarated instead yeah. of scared. Like it's yeah, easy yeah. to scare someone on a bike. Yeah, it's absolutely. such a yeah. foreign thing to do. Yeah. You know? But I must admit, the most, um, I think there's, the S1000RR is probably the most comfortable, and you know, I'm probably just from my lack of experience. I've just, I enjoyed that as a superbike than any mm-hmm. other superbike that I've tested. Okay. Just from, from a comfort point of view of riding in traffic and then going out on the highway and then coming yeah. back. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's um, my limited knowledge. But they are the market share leaders the world over. So yeah. on sales of bike, and they've just now launched the, the newest bike. Yeah. But I must tell you, I think what BMW did very well is they said, goodness, we're entering the Subike. We're giving you one with like almost 200 horsepower. Yeah. But we, it comes out standard with traction control. It comes out yeah, standard yeah, with yeah, ABS yeah. brakes. So yeah. we're making it so much safer. Yes. So the guy could yeah. then go and sell it to his wife. That goodness, this is Yeah, this is the safest bike, and, you know, safest bike in the world. Don't mention it's got 200 horsepower. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then put it into custom mode and yeah. <laughs> turn all of this shit off. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. But that's it. Yeah. So, Clinton, thanks very much, man. Great chatting, and I mean, I don't think this will be the last time we chat. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, um, don't forget to send me some feedback if you want. You can drop me a, a DM on Instagram if you go to the Bearded Fen Instagram page. All the links are in the show notes. Uh, and go get the latest copy of the Superbike magazine. And that, my friends, is the end. And I'll catch you next time. <laughs>